And now, what it really means with your hosts, Brad Shepard and Paul Harrell. Welcome to the show, everyone. It is Wednesday, September 29th, 2021. I'm your host, Brad Shepard, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the great Paul Harrell. Paul, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good, uh, Brad. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Overall, right, I can't complain too much. You know, I think a day above ground is is a good day. But uh, there is a lot going on. Our country is a mess. And we've got to do something about it because it seems like uh, the hole we're digging is only getting deeper. And things, though, I guess on a positive note, are getting more and more exposed. In particular the January 6th, quote-unquote, insurrection. Well, as we've talked about each and every week, this appeared to be a fed up, and we're coming out with information, it seems like, consistently, a revolver's been at the head of that, that indicates that that's exactly what this is. And now the latest report coming from, no, no, not revolver, not right-wing media, but the New York Times. This is incredible. Well, what do we find out? The New York Times took the occasion of a sleepy Saturday morning to quietly confirm that there were indeed FBI informants among those militia members who stormed the Capitol. Yes, as scores of Proud Boys made their way, chanting and shouting toward the Capitol on January 6th, one member of the group was busy texting a real-time account of the march. That recipient was his FBI handler. That's right. One more example that this was, in fact, a federal operation, a setup to screw Trump supporters, and in my opinion, cover up this rigged election. That's a great point, and uh, I mean, it was in many regards, uh, the Reichstag fire all over again, uh, or at least it was an attempted Reichstag fire all over again. You have politicians, uh, you know, saying that it was one of the darkest and Republicans, you know, John Bozeman, Senator John Bozeman, who's my Senator in Arkansas, you know, he's one of these guys that said it was one of the darkest days. Uh, and it's just laughable that they bought into what the mainstream media was saying about it. And it was a cover up and it was a distraction. I mean, think about it. I not we haven't actually gone down this in a while, but I mean, coming leading up to January sixth, we were all uh, you know thinking about what the electoral college vote might be, or you know will they send electors back? Maybe Mike Pence does this or Mike Pence does that. But even though we were we were we were wondering what we were going to find out, was there more information? Uh, there was going to be senators standing up and objecting. There was going to be House members standing up and objecting. And then January sixth happens, and all of a sudden. That legislative process played out completely differently than it was expected. And all and then you had people no longer willing to object to to counting the electors. You had people that turned and run because they literally thought the optics and the media were going to crucify them because they were going to blame this all on Trump. Now that we know the federal government was involved and, you know, we keep calling it a Fed op, Brad, and that's what it is. But that's another word for a false flag. And that's what January 6th is appearing to be. Uh, the only conspiracy were those that were trying to put this on and blame it on somebody else. 
So Darren Beatty at Revolver, who's been the forefront of this, Revolver.News, he's on Tucker Carlson, and he says, quote, if the New York Times is covering this, then the situation is far worse than we know. Now, that's a very good point. Yeah. The New York Times is not your friend. I'm always irritated when, uh, and I've done this myself, I'm guilty of it, but in hindsight, I'm always irritated where people you know, hold up the New York Times like, oh, okay. Well, we don't think they're credible anyway because they lie constantly. But when they get around to telling the truth, they only do it because they have to. They only do it because they're running cover and circling the wagons and admitting little things here so that they can somehow, you know, excuse the really bad stuff that's behind the dam that hasn't broken yet that we don't know about yet. If the New York Times is covering this, then it is far worse than we know. I agree with that. He says he goes on, quote, it was more of a it was more of a spontaneous outburst, not an insurrection. The whole conspiracy theme is false. What's that conspiracy theme that Trump and, you know, his acolytes organized to put on January 6th and did a, quote, insurrection with, you know, no weapons or anything. And uh, it is just completely false. And to your point, Brad, we now know so much more um, than we did then. And it appears that it, it was all a false flag and the media bought it hook, line, and, and, and sinker. And what else is the media participating in today that we're going to find out a year from now was totally bogus. It all makes sense now. Why would they refuse the National Guard troops that President Trump requested? Why would they leave the double doors unlocked and allow Trump supporters and others into the Capitol building? The police were ushering and letting them in and taking selfies with some of the Trump supporters and others in the Capitol building. Why were why were they doing that? Why were they not calling for backup? There's a lot of questions. And again, it all makes sense now. They wanted this to happen. This was a trap. And. Something else we found out, Paul, that's very disturbing. This comes from an independent journalist named Stephen Horn. And this was being shown a lot in a very brief clip. And it was a gentleman who was climbing up in the Capitol building that appeared to fall down and get badly hurt. Well, thanks to Stephen Horn, who examined the footage very closely at different angles and slowed it down. What do we know? This still unidentified man who was carried off on a stretcher at the Capitol riot. Well, he was pushed by a Capitol police officer. Yes, that's right. He was climbing up in the building and a Capitol police officer is caught on camera pushing him off. And he fell three to four times his height off of this staircase. I mean, that's that's a major fall Again, caused by the Capitol Police. So this whole thing is terrifying. It's absolutely, if you're not reading this story and these stories and the news that's continuing to come out here so many months after the fact, if you're not terrified by this operation, uh, by our federal government, then I don't know what you would be terrified by from a government. Yeah, and I will say uh, also I, I saw that video um, that from di different angles. It's very disturbing to just see that police officer just kind of casually push him off. You know, I mean, it kind of took him a little bit to just kind of no, no accountability for it either. Yeah, no accountability. But I, I do think I mean our you know our imaginations could run wild. But 
if the New York Times is now reporting this, something that Revolver broke, something that Tucker Carlson has covered, and they're now admitting it, I mean, what, how bad is it? Like, what else are we about to find out? And you know it's so much worse, so much worse. But I honestly am out of, I guess I'm just not very creative. I can't, I can't figure it out, but it's something. There's another shoe out there. It's going to drop. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, again, it's like Darren Beatty said, you know, he, he talked about if the New York Times is covering it. It's so much worse than we thought. I, I believe there is a lot more information we don't know. But at the end of the day, you know, this seems dystopian. This is, you know, it's almost not real. It's not something you would expect in America, um, but it is very much real. And well, everybody should be concerned. Yeah. And I would I would like to know, um, it'd be, wouldn't it be great to get a get a record of Nancy Pelosi's text messages during that event? Mm-hmm. That, that would be very interesting. Absolutely. Why aren't we getting that? Why are we not getting we're getting, uh, you know, they want to see Matt Gates text messages. They want to see Steve Bannon's text messages. They want to see all these text messages. They don't want to see Nancy Pelosi or, or Chuck Schumer's. wonder why that is. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, this is a tough one, too, because in maybe I'm wrong here and I could be wrong. I think it's totally newsworthy to cover this false flag, this revealed false flag of January 6th. I think it's totally newsworthy to cover the treatment of the prisoners on, you know, that that are still awaiting trial on uh, trumped up charges, many of them at this point. And the treatment, the solitary confinement. I saw a Gateway Pundit article where they posted a gentleman who's been in solitary confinement. Uh, for a long time, still waiting trial. I mean, think about that. The, a speedy trial, and it's almost October, and they're, they're they haven't they're they're not they're going to spend you know an entire year, if not more, in jail. Um, so I get all that, but so it's totally newsworthy to cover all of this. I just wonder when do we break through the those people who don't really care yet because they they they're the, they're those people that are like, well, why did you go? Why did you attend? on January 6th. Why did you go into the building? You know, there's a lot of people who are armchair quarterbacking this thing. And yeah, I mean, I didn't go on January 6th because I didn't have a good feeling about it. But that just because somebody did something, you know, that maybe you wouldn't have done, that doesn't mean, I mean, think about it. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I mean, come on. But at some point, I guess I'm wondering when this is going to break into like the average dinner table conversation. Of, of people's outrage and um, because once you break once you break through that then you're really going to have um you know a, i think a lot more potential for correcting this and change and holding people accountable yeah just the problem is i think it takes media attention right and i think you know people are not going to get that from corporate media because they are driving the system agenda and narrative so you're not going to get that there um, so that's the problem. That's the advantage that the system has in what they're doing, right? I mean, there are a lot of people who genuinely believe this was an insurrection like a civil war. This was the worst thing since the civil war. There are people who really do believe that there was going to be an attempt for a violent overthrow of the government from the people who 
were taking selfies with cops and who left their guns intentionally at home. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, when just to listen to you say that, it, it does kind of <laughs> you forget about that. I forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's totally wacko. Uh, something else that's wacko. I mean, when you talk about these people and, and you know, it's kind of difficult for me to understand, Paul, because we're led to believe that we have white privilege. But, you know, those people in jail are, are overwhelmingly white. So I just want to know, where is the white privilege for the people who've been stuck in trumped up charges in a prison with awful conditions? Because they walked into a Capitol building. Where was Ashley Babbitt's white privilege? I, I don't know. I'm still looking for my own white privilege. But here's what I do know. The new FBI crime data for 2020 is out. And I'm going to give some stats. And Paul, I'd like your take. So here's what we know. Over half of violent crimes and 60% of homicides committed by black males who are 6% of the population. More anti-white hate crimes than anti-Asian, anti-gay, or anti-Jewish hate crimes. Black Americans committed a hate crime rate two times higher than whites. The white number includes 50 to 100,000 people of Hispanic ethnicity as well, just to make a note there. There's around 20,000 homicides for 2020 a rate that has not been seen since the 1990s. Very troubling data. <clears throat> Man, those are, that's some really politically incorrect data, Brad. I know, I'm going to be canceled. But oh. where's this white privilege, Paul? That's what <laughs> I'm looking for in, these, in, in, in this crime data. I'm looking for my white privilege. Yeah. But I'm yeah. more likely to be the victim of a hate crime than Asian people, gay people, or Jewish people. I mean, if you keep reading these politically incorrect statistics, you're going to need to just flip on over to the CDC's website and read the statistics on HIV positive rates and homosexuality. <laughs> I mean, you know, why, why don't we just make a show of it, my friend? Uh, yeah, I don't know where the white privilege is, honestly. Uh, I guess it's, you know, it's somewhere uh, in between the beginning of the Antifa and BLM riots and January 6th. That's it got lost. Somewhere. In mm. there. I hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, I'm, I'm still looking for my white privilege and I'm also still looking um, for my vaccine because I haven't had it. And that's a fucking problem, Paul. I'm just going to tell you right now, because Joe Biden says that 97 to 98 percent of America needs to be vaccinated to get back to normal. Yeah, uh, that's a big problem. Uh, you know, and I, I tell you what, the the vaccines, uh, there's definitely news on that. Uh, we'll get to that here in a minute with uh, this new Project Veritas video. Um, but you've got this, uh, I woke up to this headline from Zero Hedge. Let me found it. I, I, I made a little Gab photo of it uh, and uh, put it on my, my Gab account. Um, so this is from Zero Hedge this morning, September uh, 28th, or yesterday morning, rather. Um, Pfizer launches final study for a COVID drug that's suspiciously similar to horse paste. So it's another piece of U.S. anti-ivermectin puzzle, another piece of the puzzle. And so um, they're 
testing this drug, Pfizer is, that is just coincidentally, if you go read what they say this drug will do at the cellular level, um, this, quote, protease inhibitor, it, it's the exact thing that people claim ivermectin will inhibit. Just a coincidence. But what's funnier about all of this is that only a few mere weeks ago, Brad, on September 4th, the satirical website The Babylon Bee had this headline, Pfizer releases brand new, never-before-seen drug, Fivermectin. And mere weeks later, we have the the actual headline that What's they that name are again? I'm, essentially Fivermectin. Fivermectin. Yeah, Fivermectin. And so now we actually have, so you had the Babylon Bee headline weeks later, you actually have the headline saying, yes, they are in fact working on a drug that they will then attempt to make tons of money on that's going to do the exact same thing that uh, ivermectin does, according to this report. And you just got to wonder, wow, I mean, you know, these people have no shame. They think they're, they will never be held accountable for the lies that they peddle, for the deceit that they enable. They are intentionally deceiving the American people. And then you have these new videos that have come out. Uh, they've done an amazing work. Project Veritas done an amazing work with their undercover journalists going in and getting these physicians to comment on the vaccine negative side effects and how nobody wants to report them. We're talking about government physicians. But Project Veritas was out with a third installment of their series on vaccine insiders. And I'm sure there's going to be more where their journalist, Brad, got to two Johnson and Johnson officials. One of them is labeled a scientist and the other is a uh, uh, an employee there. I can't remember exactly what they did. But this is uh, some of the quotes here from uh, Johnson and Johnson employees about the vaccine. Quote, kids shouldn't get a effing COVID vaccine. It's a kid. You just don't do that, you know, not something that's so unknown in terms of repercussions down the road. And he goes on to say in the video, you know, we don't know what's going to happen 30 years from now. They may grow a third eyeball or something. I'm paraphrasing there. J&J &J is like stepping in the best smelling pile of expletive you could step in, he said. Another J&J &J employee, scientist Justin Durant, explicitly said, quote, don't get the Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine. I didn't tell you, though. Then he later on admits that he got the Moderna vaccine. Um, they talk about uh, second-class citizens. "Quote: It's almost like you're almost like a second-grade citizen if you're not vaccinated. You can't do anything that a normal citizen can do. If you can't work, I feel like that's punishment enough. Only way people really act and comply is if it affects their pockets. Like if you're working for a big company and you're going to lose your job, best believe you'll be the first one in line to take the COVID vaccine. That's what we're doing. Uh, these quotes are gold, Brad. I mean, they go on. Um, inconvenience the unvaccinated to the point where it's like, I might as well just effing do it and take the COVID vaccine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't go out of state. I can't. My, my grandma's in Canada and I can't visit her. You know what I'm saying? You can't go to France unless you're vaccinated. You know, you've just got to keep doing things like that where you're almost like a second grade citizen if you're not vaccinated. But I know that's awful. Now, 
if you haven't watched the videos, Brad, or if you guys out there listening to what it really means today haven't watched the videos, I, I implore you to go watch them than just to read the text because you need to see their attitude. Th this scientist at Johnson & Johnson and this other guy, these these they, they remind me of high school kids. They are they are totally immature. They are totally arrogant. They are totally full of hubris and pride. And they are working for companies that are making decisions. Um, and, and they are completely, just completely insane. And, um, you know, you, you think that these doctors and these pharmaceutical companies are recruiting the best and the brightest. No, they're recruiting the most malleable. They're recruiting people who will go along to get along that have a little bit of institutional knowledge or have got the right piece of paper or, you know, they might maybe even be good at chemistry and physics, but they're not critical thinkers. They like the money and they don't have a problem with totalitarianism. They don't have a problem with communism um, based on their own actions, based on their what they've said on on tape. And it's just very disturbing. But these are the people that are trying to govern us. These are the people trying to tell us what to do. These are the people who think they know better how to live our lives than we can live them. And it's disgusting. And if you had any like if you had friends like I did that were pressuring you to get the vaccine and doing it from a good place, you know, that's it's now been a month or two. Maybe send them these videos, you know, maybe 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 wake them up by showing them what. What really, you know, it's been a few months. It's past the hysteria. It's past the surge. It's past all the stuff about the Delta. And uh, and see if they have anything else to say. You know, and the last thing I'll say is this about about vaccine hesitancy versus those who've already got it. At some point, there's a psychological issue that comes into effect where if there's more and more negative news about vaccine and vaccine side effects, and of course, we don't know what's going to happen to these vaccinated people a year from now, two years from now. We simply don't know. But there will be some of the pressure on you to get vaccinated will be because they really want everybody in the same boat. Some of these people don't want to believe that they've potentially made the wrong choice. And eventually you're going to have that kind of pressure coming from that motivation. Yeah, I mean, just think about it. When the Babylon Bee is more accurate than CNN, <laughs> what are we living in? But that's what it is. Now they want to give you a daily pill to take. It's essentially ivermectin. <laughs> you can't make this up. You can't take the horse paste. It's dangerous. But we're going to put a bunch of chemicals in a pill that essentially is, is exactly what ivermectin is so that you can take it and fight off COVID-19. I mean, it's crazy. And now they're gearing up to start vaccinating five-year-olds. Freaking five-year-olds, they want to start getting the jab. And now you got people involved in this process saying it's a sham. It's a sham. It's a money-making sham here. And you shouldn't be vaccinating five-year-olds. Well, no shit. I mean, it doesn't take a, a Moderna employee to tell you that or whatever. But, I mean, this is completely out of control. They're running with it. And if you're not vaccinated, if you're not in that 98%, um, you know, maybe they're going to consider you, Paul, an enemy of the state, a domestic terrorist. And I'm not joking. Yeah, no, you were exactly right. That's that's where this is heading. You know, do your there was all these parts of these videos. Do your civic duty. They called it a civic duty. You should do it. You should get it. Admitting that kids don't need it, but that it's about the numbers, which is 
about politics and about a lot of money. Now, there is another reference to cancer uh, in this. One of the things that Project Veritas posted in this video was a conversation that one of these Johnson & Johnson employees via text message was having with the undercover Project Veritas journalist. And this is what he said to her. Quote, what I said about the formulations and cancer needs to stay between us. I could actually get in mad trouble. Now, we don't really have any more context on that, Brad, but that would lead me to believe that there is actual conversations that Project Veritas has where he's discussing the formulations. I'm only assuming that means vaccine, part of the formulation of the vaccine and cancer. Uh, and maybe that's why he decided not to take the Johnson & Johnson, his own company's vaccine, and instead get a competitor's. The whole thing just has me well, completely and, and, Yeah, and, and here's another thing. You know, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, according to what I have read, is not the gene therapy. It's more of a traditional vaccine. It was used. They, 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 they you know, they had to develop it inside fetal cells. Uh, and you know, it's, it's the, it's the actual, maybe what you would think of. It's not an, it's not an RNA vaccine is what I'm trying to say. Right. right? And yeah, so the there are a lot of people, yeah, mRNA. So there's a lot of people that might've been like, I don't want the mRNA, you know, the gene therapy that's going to allow my DNA to start producing some spike protein or whatever. Right. Um, and I'm going to go get the Johnson and Johnson, which, you know, there's a lot of people that have that, uh, uh, uh I can't remember. There's people that have, um, had the disease where they're not able to walk. It's a polio-like disease. The name is escaping me. Um, Epstein-Barr. Epstein-Barr uh, syndrome, there's been reactions of that because of Johnson & Johnson. But a lot of people went, it, went and got that one because they didn't feel comfortable with the experimental gene therapy versions. And <laughs> who knows? Maybe the Johnson & Johnson one is the worst one. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. It, it had a bunch of problems, right? So it's like pick your poison. All the the noted problems of the Johnson and Johnson, or taking the risk of the mRNA with the spike proteins, when no, I mean that's not what what that was meant for, right? And there's been no long term studies of how that impacts the body. So it's totally everybody getting that at this point. You are the test subject. You're the test dummy. You are how they're going to find out how this impacts people. Period. End of story. It's a global clinical trial for a new technology, in my opinion. That, that's yes. what this is. It's a global clinical trial. Yeah, under the guise of an emergency. And again, five-year-olds don't need a damn vaccine. Yeah, healthy people under 50 don't need a vaccine. You know who else doesn't need a vaccine? People who can still get COVID after getting the damn vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of NBA players who have now made headlines because they're not getting vaxxed and they've made that same comment. And the zombies on Twitter that are like, man, it's so sad that he was just so confident. It's like, yeah, he's confident with his facts. It's the truth. And they keep coming back. I don't know when it happened, Brad. When did they successfully really beat into these people's heads that all took the vaccine? And then they found out you can still get COVID. And the media, like a switch, said, yeah, you can still get it, but you won't go to the hospital if you, if you do. I mean, you know, what an argument that we can never really prove wrong, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
listen to this. This is you want to know how they did it. I, I'm going to tell you how uh, they do things like this. This is very disturbing. Um, let's let's take a listen. crowd is going wild. Not tequila, but vaccine. Yep. Vaccine. Now, for context, that was the Stephen Colbert Late Show that he does. The crowd was applauding, dancing. It was a bunch of brainwashed lunatics. I mean, this is a guy, Stephen Colbert, that we're supposed to believe is actually a comedian. Is that funny to you? No, no, no. That's that is just mindless propaganda. And I mean, I remember when some of these guys were actually allowed to use their talent to be funny, you know, but not anymore. And Colbert's one of the worst, man. He's such a sellout sell out to the agenda you know uh this is just a little pet peeve of mine but i'm a huge lord of the rings fan and so is uh, stephen colbert he's a huge lord of the rings fan and he knows all the lore backwards and forwards and everything else well there's a lot of people who are very disturbed that amazon is making this uh, lord of the rings prequel and they're excited about it but they're also disturbed that they're going to put a bunch of nudity and forced sex scenes and sexualize this universe that isn't a sexualized universe and he's already done like a monologue with one of the Lord of the Rings. He had a guest, one of the stars, and you know started to apologize for essentially the coming nudity that they're going to put in this Amazon TV series. And uh, you know, I mean, anyway, that's just my own personal pet peeve. But you know, he's a he's a total sellout, man. And uh, I don't oh, know. Ab- yeah, absolutely. But they use these, you know, influencers, uh, celebrities, famous people to really help promote this propaganda. And I know you saw, that's right, our own resident in the White House, Joe Biden, received his COVID booster shot in front of a live TV audience. There was only one problem, Paul. (laughs) It was in a soundstage with a fake White House backdrop. And now it has me wondering, did he even get the booster jab or was this all a big Truman show? I, I don't know. I, I This is puzzling to me. The whole thing, I don't know the reasoning that led to this. First of all, who built this set? That's my first question. Just as somebody who knows a little something about stage and, a, and knows a little something about set construction, uh, uh, when did they place this order? Has this been used in previous times during the Biden presidency, or I mean, uh, because you don't build that overnight. I'm not saying you couldn't, but you know what I mean? Like, um, that's my first question. And for those of you who can't see this, I mean, it, it, he got this booster shot in front of a live studio audience, as funny as it sounds, because he's on a sound stage and there's literally 
a fake set. You can see the lights above it and the fake White House windows. You can see if you zoom in to the right portion, the middle uh, right side, or I guess in the, uh, um, you know, halfway in between up and down, the sun, there's the sun that it looks like some sort of clip art sun, you know, that's <laughs> it's got all of these beaming lights coming out. It makes absolutely no sense. So that's my first question is, is who ordered this set built? When was it ordered built? How many other times has it been used? Was it just for this booster shot? Then the next question is why? Is there some kind of prohibition of Joe Biden getting this shot inside the actual White House? Can you not bring the shot into the White House? Are there no doctors allowed in the White House? Why is Joe Biden even doing this in front of a fake White House? Because he got up to a podium and he gave a speech afterwards. And if you were watching on TV, you would have thought, oh, he's doing this for the White House. But he's actually not. He's in front of a fake faux wall with White House, fake White House columns and a fake, fake trees. Those are LCD TVs in those windows. <laughs> and the media is not saying a word. The corporate media sat there like barking seals going along with it. They said nothing about this. How bizarre. I don't understand how the media doesn't say. So, so now I'm wondering how many other times has this happened? And why would the media be where where did this even happen? What building is this in? I, I don't I have so many questions on this. And and see, and so then the next your your first point is also true. Did he even get the booster? Did he even get this actual booster? You know, I mean, mm -hmm. if this really is a clinical world or a world clinical trial on people, I'm gonna say that Joe Biden is not an actual test subject here. The elite never are because there are plenty of other videos out there. Uh, number one, you have the Instagram stories of, of moderate Instagrammers who were promised money to uh, say they took the vaccine or make fake videos of getting the vaccine and then they got money. So you don't even have to take it, just get people to take it. Mm. Then there are other videos out there that are clear to me. I'm convinced um, that they didn't actually get the vaccine. You've got healthcare workers uh, with with plungers that are already pushed down and they're they're miming that they're giving a shot and there clearly was no needle penetration or anything else. Then you've got some of these fake needles that you can actually see retract um, into like, you know, it's like a movie prop. So I think some of these celebrities haven't actually gotten a shot, Brad. So it's it's a very strange photo, to say the least. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, um, certainly it's. Very fair at this point to ask those questions. We have a lot of questions, but we have a lot of questions about a lot of things, not just the vaccine, but now about the presidential election, more specifically in Arizona. Well, what do we know, Paul, after the results were released? The Arizona audit couldn't find identity of 86,391 voters. They don't appear to exist. And spoiler alert, 73.8% of them are not Republicans. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. But yeah, you're that, that it was it was great. You know, I, I know a lot of people were let down, just my initial take, and I'll throw it back to you. A lot of people were let down because the media lied about it, you know. But I mean, I you, you got to get out of that. I mean, we, we're in a different world now. You know, you, they're never going to tell the truth. So 
Well, we've got to we've got to uh, we got to do this the old fashioned way. So don't get discouraged just because the media lies about the results of the Arizona audit. You've got to expect that from here on out. Absolutely. You have to expect it. They're going to create a narrative. They're going to get out in front of the story because they know it's coming and they are going to do what they do. They're going to spin it. Right. I mean, whether it's Hillary Clinton and the Russia probe or accusing her political opponents of what she's actually doing. This is straight out of the Democrat playbook. I mean, did you think they're going to come out and say, yeah, you got us this time? No, of course not. They had a response. They were getting ahead of it. Uh, the reality is what they said. Oh, yeah, there's more. You know, we did the, we did the, the counting again. And it looks like there's actually a few more votes for Joe Biden. He'll, guess what? When you're counting illegitimate ballots. That is meaningless. The whole point of this was that a canvas was needed so that we can determine what ballots were legitimate, what were not, who voted that should not have voted, et cetera. And now we know that a massive amount of people, around 50,000 people voted that shouldn't have. I mean, again, this is in a a state where Biden allegedly won by about 11,000 votes. That's all you need to know, folks. The election in Arizona must be decertified. Period. End of story. We can accept nothing less. And and the next move is to move on to the other states as well. We can't stop. And we've said this for almost a year, Paul, until we get to the bottom of this election, what happened and fix it. Yeah, if 2020 is not fixed, 2022 just doesn't matter. Uh, you know, you can't really get around it um, because if they can do what they did. And, you know, this this wasn't really. I think there's more breadcrumbs that you can find about voting machine hacking. Yes, they were allowed. They did connect to the Internet. They said the whole time that they didn't connect to the Internet. We now know that the machines did connect to the Internet. And anything connected to the Internet, uh, you know, is 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 uh, easily easily. I mean, look at what the NSA can do. you got to assume the communist Chinese can do it as well now. But, you know, <clears throat> there's really no way to catch, you know, how are you going to what if you had smoking gun proof that they did? alter the election. I actually kind of think that the higher ups already had that, you know, probably the night of the election. Honestly, I mean, if you uh, know anything about uh, the surveillance state that exists. Um, So this was focused on them, the Democrats essentially stealing this thing the old fashioned way. I mean, that's what this is, you know, through the for the mail in voting and and just, uh, you know, straight up fraud The the 17,000 plus duplicates that they found duplicate votes. I mean, that right there is enough in my opinion, to potentially, you know, change the electoral votes. And, uh, you know, we're going to find out more. You've got the AG there in Arizona who's now uh, possibly going to indict. He's going to be given a he's going to be under so much pressure to not indict. But he's also running for uh, Senate uh, as a Republican for the state of Arizona as well. So, uh, you know, I I don't know. I mean, they've got people allegedly on video deleting files in blatant violation of, of election law. Those people need to be prosecuted. Those people need to go to jail. And uh, but I don't even care about that. I'm with you, Brad. I mean, I want that. But if you had, if I got to pick between A and B, and A was decertifying the election, I'm going with A all day long. Yeah, I mean, what else is the option? We have to get this right. We have to. And as a country, we deserve this, right? I mean, we deserve to have free and fair elections, and we're not going to be a first world country if we don't. Period. Because whether it's now, whether it's five years from now, 10 years from now, whatever it is, 
at any time there's an election, they can pull the carpet out from under us and say, hey, we're going to, you know, make this election go a certain way. And and you just think back to the night again. Trump had this thing. He had the momentum. He was on his way to winning. And then everybody went to bed and everything changed. I mean, the telltale signs were completely obvious for anyone who's studied or followed elections. So and the and, and evidence that, is overwhelming. Go ahead. Yeah. And on that, Fox News. They're the ones that called Arizona. Yes. And if they hadn't called Arizona early when there were still plenty of votes out, a lot of us wouldn't have gone to bed. And that's a fact. Mm-hmm. But they, that when they called Arizona, if Arizona had been called for Trump uh, instead of Biden, which I don't care who you are, there's at least, I mean, there's plenty as much, there's just as much evidence that it was going to go for Trump as it was for Biden ba- based on that point in the night, then... Trump's president, because the lead would have just been so, you know what I mean? The, 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 they, they would have had to have called it because the lead in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin and Michigan were were to the point to where he was at least going to win one of those three, especially if he already had Arizona. It was over. You know what I mean? It was over. It was done. And uh, so Fox News is they have a lot to answer for when this is all said and done. Yeah, Fox News is is trash. You know, they're part of the system and they're, you know, are exceptions. They're still controlled, but like Tucker Carlson would be an exception. But even Tucker, the night of the election was a massive disappointment. And I believe that, you know, something was a little shady there that night. I think they were just fear. I think they were all of them, all of them. They were just shaken and they were afraid and they they were afraid. All of them were. Yeah. But now we're seeing it. Now we're seeing the evidence and we have to talk about it. And Fox News, they want to talk about anything else. They want to talk about this, you know, Laurie, whatever this laundry Laurie, whatever this murder is, you know, which is a tragic situation. But they want to talk about anything nonstop other than the Arizona election results and potential fraud. I don't get it. This this Petito girl. I mean, I'm sorry, but people go missing every day. I don't get it. You know, at one point last week, there were 11 stories on the front page of foxnews.com, and nine of them, nine of them were about Petito and her death and her missing boyfriend, who allegedly may have had something to do with her death. I, I, you know, I I was, I don't know what's going on with it, but it's, it's strange. It doesn't make any sense. And now I was, I was over it. I was over at some older family member's house today and, you know, they watch Fox News a lot. And now they've brought in Dog the Bounty Hunter, yeah. Dog <laughs> the Bounty Hunter. And I hear conser- I've, I've had some some conservatives are like, oh, this is going to be great when Dog the Bounty Hunter finds finds Laurie or Laudry or whatever the guy's name is. They're going to make the FBI look like idiots because they're he's going to be able to do what the FBI can't do. And I'm sorry. There's something that's weird about this whole thing. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm the dog, the big bad dog. Here it is. I, I gotta. Okay. He's the dog. 
the big bad time. The bounty hunter. Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> it's really a room temperature IQ take here. It's a just it's a total distraction. It, this is such a Republican thing. It's like, you know, well, the Dems are the real racists. So, you know, they're distracted by that. And now they're distracted by dogs going to really upshow the the FBI. You know, like <laughs> they're focusing on the wrong things. The entire thing is a distraction, in my opinion. That's why nine of the 11 front page stories on Fox are this story. It's a distraction. Maybe it's a distraction from the Arizona audit results or maybe something else. But it's a distraction, folks. That's the reality. They've used a tragic situation in, in a way so that they can not cover something else. I I fully expected a diehard-like situation like Thursday night into Friday morning uh, last week, right before the audit results were going to drop. And they were going to have found Laundry. What's this guy's name? Laundry? Uh, they were going to have found him. He was going to be holed up with hostages, Brad, <laughs> in a skyscraper. And it was going to be, you know, you know, just wall to wall TV. That's what I was. I predicted it. I mean, it didn't come true. I was wrong. But I mean, I was telling my family the whole week. I was like, this does not add up. They're going to find this guy right in time, you know. So anyway, that's how my mind works. And I was wrong. But still, it's a distraction. Total distraction. I mean, again, you have to think in the bigger picture. You have to think outside of this basic bitch level. And and it's people are so easily distracted. And that's why, you know, the government is so successful with these ops, you know, these false flags and these ops and whatever. You know, what's the shiny, bright object over here we can dangle in front of you that you focus on while the other hand has got the thing you should really be focused on? And that's what's happening here. That's what it really means. Yeah, absolutely. Um we are consider that we are more like North Korea than you think uh, in terms of what information is put out by the media. You know, um, we are much more like a totalitarian government buying propaganda than 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 we believe. Absolutely. And that's all the time we have this week. Hope you've enjoyed it. Paul, where can everyone reach you on social media? I'm on Gab, uh, gab.com, at Paul Harrell 1776. And, of course, I'm on Gab, at Brad Shepard. Thanks so much for your support, and we will see you next week.